In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are, again, in deep awe at the profound yet simple events that happen at the Annunciation. The most important things in life, in this life, are very simple. The story is very straightforward. A young virgin receives an angel, and she accepts the task given to her. And that's kind of the end of the story. Like, that's kind of the gospel today. Yet, in this very humble and natural acceptance lays the accomplishment of the age-old plan of salvation for humankind. The simple becomes complex. The complex becomes very simple. And don't be fooled by the brevity of the moment. Beyond this simple act, a great mystery happens in that very moment. Because the Son of God, the Word of God, who existed before the ages, is conceived past speech and understanding and becomes flesh in her body. We all wonder at how it happens. How did the Son of the uncontainable God, begotten already of the Father before all the ages, come to be conceived and contained in the womb of a virgin that has not known man? How is it possible? And the virgin asked that question, how shall this be? Since I've not known a man, like, what are we even talking about? The answer she gets shows that the angel, even this angel, did not know the depth of what had happened. He's just a messenger. He gives a general answer. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. He does give her, her like lots of uh, proof, though, in saying that her cousin Elizabeth, who had been unable to conceive, has also conceived and is like six months along. So like he'll say, we heard it with God, like nothing's impossible. You know, it's God's work. He can make it happen. It's kind of the answer here. If he wants it, he'll do it. Now, I don't know how many of you have been happy with that answer. You know, how will this happen? God will do it if he wants to. You know, God will just take care of it, you know. Most of us might need more proof, you know. Giving the angel maybe a hard time, asking about the DNA of the baby, all kinds of stuff, you know. Like, I mean, really, I mean, we'd like to think we wouldn't, you know. But I've been in the hospital a bunch uh, with Stoli, who's doing very well, thanks be to God, um, over the last week or whatever, and it's all questions. What about this? What are you going to do there? What's that test? What's that about? You know, like that's what you do when you're with doctors, you know, or you're hearing this kind of news. What about that? Well, how would that work? What happens if that, what's next? You know? So I'm not sure I'd have been happy with the answer. But with the Lord, the how is never the most important thing. It's, it's rarely anything at all. Like, we don't ever even need to go there with the Lord. How this, or what about that? You know? We don't need a bunch of ifs. What's more important than the how is that it happens. That's it. The age-old mystery is revealed today. The Son of God becomes the Son of Man so that partaking of what is lower, he may impart to me what is superior. 
Of old, Adam was deceived. He did not become God, though he was, if that was his desire. But now God becomes man to make Adam God. Wow. Do we start to realize the awesomeness of the simple encounter, a simple yes, and the insubordination of Eve is replaced by the obedience of Mary? A simple yes, and the Son of the Most High is incarnate. A simple yes, and the Adam of old is replaced by the new Adam, and Christ the Savior comes. A simple yes, and the age-old plan of salvation begins in time. The grace of God surrounds us like an angel, or if you prefer, our angel tries in this way and that to persuade us to say yes to God. I mean, that's what's happening to us, right? We, we sometimes feel nudged by God, and we want to be totally attuned to the, the like leading of God, the nudge of our guardian angel to do something or say something, you know, and to respond with the yes as soon as we can. And when we do, Christ enters into us, or the situation becomes truly engaged. Our hearts become enlarged. We start to trust the Lord even more. I think we can say a couple of things more about the Annunciation to the Theotokos. That it didn't happen at random. That it was at the right time as foretold by the prophets, waiting for that moment, waiting for that woman and that moment throughout all the centuries. And this event is above all imagination. We heard last night, Jacob saw a ladder, you know, and angels were ascending and descending on the ladder and God, the Lord was at the top of the ladder. It's incredible. That's none other, he says, than the house of God. That's what Jacob says. But we see now the prophets have been foretelling all of these events about the Annunciation. The bush that was on fire and did not burn is the Theotokos. <coughs> Daniel called her a spiritual mountain, the mother of God by Isaiah, we sang this day. Gideon saw her as a fleece. David called her a holy place in the gate she was called the gate by Ezekiel. The Theotokos is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets, the people of Israel waiting for this precious flower to bloom, waiting for the fragrance of salvation to spread on the earth, just waiting for Mary. This icon we have of her are more spacious than the heavens you know, is, is like the icon of the Annunciations, the icon of our salvation, you know, that the uncontainable God is contained somehow in her womb. It's just a mystery. Don't ask how. Just, it won't lead you anywhere. It's not like you can't ask questions of God. That's okay, you know, but if you want to just, if that's where we get stuck, that's just like on the earth. How is an earth question? We want to rise up, you know, and just say, it's incredible that it's happened, which is a heavenly kind of vision, you know, of faith. In her motherly love, again, we see the unfailing love of God for mankind. 
the Theotokos. You know, full of grace. I said last night, most of you heard this last night, you know, that the grace kind of comes and goes with us. You know, the grace seems like some days we just have more grace, some days we have less grace. I don't know, since the Lord does this. You know, with the saints too, not just us, with the saints, you know, great saints. And Mary was full of grace, just full of grace. She's still full of grace. So I tell you not to overcomplicate things. The simple things are the best things. Let's, let's contemplate the simple things, you know, and not get into all the hows and the ifs and stuff and just contemplate the simple things. An angel appears to Mary. She says yes. And inasmuch as the Lord pushes us a little bit here and there, with the conscience, you know, what he's written on our hearts, that we would say yes to God as well, all the time. In every place, in every way, even when we sort of wonder if we should say yes. That we just follow that impulse to say yes to the Lord. Follow that impulse of him saying, call so-and-so, all right. I think I'm supposed to call you, you know? And let the Lord kind of direct us along. It is enough for us to believe that this is the way for us. If we wake up and ask, what is God doing for my salvation? If we pay attention and believe that we've been found and we have found God, we enter into a real communion with him. Let us magnify her as the archangel did and say, rejoice, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. For you have borne the Savior of our souls. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.